We've had some technical difficulties here. Hey everybody out there, this is Kevin O'Connell with the Niche Movement Podcast with my guest Hannah. And we had a really fun time putting this podcast together. Uh, it was a lot of reflections of the latest ACPA convention I came from. And it stemmed off from talking about interviewing skills, self-promotion. How do you answer that, that ever-dreaded question, tell me about yourself? You know, do you go personal, do you go professional? Hannah has a lot of great stories. So I really, uh, really challenge you to listen to this, and I really think there's a lot of good gems in here, and uh, really enjoy it. And the biggest question we have for you at the end that we'd love for you to comment or tweet is, what is the craziest interview question you have ever been asked, or maybe the craziest interview question you have asked somebody else? Enjoy this episode. Hey everybody out there, this is Kevin O'Connell with the Niche Movement Podcast. We're back for a very exciting episode. This is my co-host, Hannah. And her and I spent all afternoon thinking of this, right? You think it's gonna be well produced, this one? Um, it might be a little bit lower quality. We're missing our camera guy, Dan. Yes, so it's literally microphone without Dan's contraption to avoid uh, my distractions and ring taps. And we have our laptop, one light, and one camera. So, Dan, we miss you. Niche Movement community, tweet at Dan Bonner. We, we miss him, I think it's Daniel at Daniel Bonner. But we're gonna have him back next week, and we actually are in the midst of ramping up this podcast, as I said in the last few episodes. We have our first guest coming up soon. Yep. And um, really where we wanted to go with this one, and I'm gonna let Hannah introduce the title because it kind of came out of right field as we were jotting down notes and scripting this out on our Google Doc. Um, but introduce the, the title and where you think this is gonna go, and then I'd like to kind of start as we uh, talked about the story I wanna share. Alrighty, well, we like to call this episode Always On, Always Interviewing, um, and it's a balance of yourselves, uh, your interview self and your real self, and that kind of sparked from our conversations earlier today, and then last week's episode, um, we talked about putting yourself out there and how everything can make itself into a job opportunity or an opportunity of sorts, so that's kind of where this came from. Um, so we're going to be talking about putting yourself out there on a more day-to-day -day level and what that means. Yeah. So I think the way that, that phrase came about is, uh, I think I'd like to spend a few minutes and, and for those listening and for, for Hannah, and just indulge with me, but I, I learned a lot. Uh, I was away for four days in Montreal. Um, for the ACPA convention, which is uh, the overarching student affairs organization that had like 3,200 professionals from higher education in Montreal for four days. Uh, I was up there uh, helping out with a variety of things, which we, we don't need to get into here, but I had a chance to reconnect with a lot of colleagues of mine, a lot of friends, a lot of Twitter friends, which is just amazing, and people that I've, I've never actually even met before, and now um, we've actually got a chance to shake hands. But one of the people that actually inspired this kind of topic, because Hannah was writing a lot of notes and, and we were really close to what our topic was going to be. but You it, had to kind of pull it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it hit me that yesterday, uh, the day before we started recording this, I was uh, had my last lunch. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be any type of meeting. Um, I did some work this summer at Virginia Tech. Um, with their Division of Student Affairs, and uh, they have this publication called About Campus that's also related to ACPA. Mm -hmm. Long story short is their VP of Student Affairs was not at that training, but he wanted to still connect with me, and I wanted to connect with him because I've heard amazing things about how he's built his teams. 
because everybody there, when I was there in July of 2015, they were on the same page, they were productive, they were really enthusiastic, and I think the most important thing of the work that we're doing with the niche movement is they were all engaged. And so I told uh, Matt, who's one of their entry-level staff members there, he's a good friend, he's now a writer for the Niche Movement, contributing Matt editor, Ebert? Matt Ebert, so check out uh, his pod, his first blog post, The Middle. That's our plug. But anyway, I was like, Matt, I need to meet your boss, uh, Frank Shushak. And we had meeting after meeting after meeting, and finally it was like the last two hours I was there, and he's like, hey, Frank has an hour open, he'd love to do lunch with you. And immediately, Frank just had the biggest smile on his face. And um, you know, I'm the one who always wants to know about them and ask questions and figure out how he got in his career because he's, he's probably about 15, 20 years older than me. He's a VP of Student Affairs, pretty esteemed title. And immediately, he was enthralled in, in the work I'm doing and had very high regards to say about what I did at Virginia Tech. But we went out to lunch and I asked him, I was like, I've heard a lot about your leadership. And I'm like, what type of leadership is it? Is it relational leadership? Like, how do you build teams? And what he said, and what's kind of stemming off this podcast, is he said, uh, he's like, I look at myself as a talent scout. And his, um, one of his grad interns, Sarah, said, yeah, he always is looking at how he could utilize people. Not how he can use them, but how he potentially, uh, maybe with a committee, a project, his staff, and, and I think he can be like four, three, you know, three, four, five years down the road, if they're passive across, like how he could see them impacting uh, his, you know, their work that they're doing. And I was very intrigued by that. And then he said something really interesting. He's like, I'm always interviewing. And to a lot of people, and to Matt and Sarah who are at the, the lunch table with us, they're like, yeah, like sometimes it's intimidating. Yeah, that's what I get from that. Always interviewing. Yeah, right? It sounds like everything's, you know. Yeah, especially if, if uh, you know that or you don't know that, and if you, if you met this if guy, you know it, yeah, it's you probably like especially intimidating. You. Yeah. But going back to what uh, he said, he's a talent scout. Like he's not there judging you. He's actually there finding out what your strengths are, and that really is where this podcast started to stem from. And what I realized when I walked out of that is like, holy crap! Uh, now that I'm on my own and running my own business, I'm always interviewing um, from two sides. I'm always interviewing to find really great talent to help out, you know, me out with projects similar to Frank's doing, but uh, just because I don't have a job and I don't have interviews to go on every day, it could be meeting that lady that we met in Starbucks yeah. for three minutes, uh, to meeting people like Frank, uh, to potentially meeting a next client. You never know who you're talking to. True. And on the flip side of that, if, if you're in um, a full-time job, you're always interviewing, regardless if you're in the job search or not. And I think that can be a very daunting um, thought. It can be a very, uh, like, how do I approach that thought? Mm -hmm. And I know that's kind of what we want to unpack here in the next few minutes of what does that always on, always interviewing mean? And we're going to go into topics like self-promotion and um, how to balance that and some stories that Hannah and I both have. Yeah, because um, when you say always on, it kind of sounds almost exhausting to always have to be performing yeah. in a way. But um, we do have some stories about that. So... Um, before we get into our stories, I just wanted to ask a question that I thought of earlier when we were thinking of topics. Mm -hmm. um, so if a resume is a piece of paper, what is an interview? And I think that that's kind of our whole topic is that an interview is anything. It can be a conversation in line at the supermarket, it could be a sit down, suit and tie, pre prepare for it type of interview, or it could just be, you know, meeting someone in the halls at WeWork. So. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, 
So if you're always on and always interviewing, mm -hmm. does this mean that you have to be sort of, you know, always performing, always yeah. conscious of what you're saying? Or when do you let your guard down and be your real self? And that's what we're talking about with the balance uh, between your interview self and your real self. Yeah. Because uh, you still want to be real when you're talking to people. You don't want to put on a show because sometimes you can't always keep that up and your, your cover is going to fall down at some point. So how do you balance promoting yourself um, and not putting on a show, not making it fake? Yeah. So I know for me, and, and I brought this up yesterday when I was meeting Frank, that for, it was actually tough to talk about myself and, and, and what I was doing. And it was for, I didn't finish my lunch because, and Matt and Sarah made a joke like, oh, he never lets anybody that he's, you know, he's intrigued about finish their lunch. And I must have talked for about 20, 30 minutes. And for me, and I mentioned this earlier, like I always like to be on that opposite side as well. I like to listen, I like to find out and, and engage and ask questions. And so it, was, it came natural because I think I felt invincible and, and felt that I, I was comfortable in what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I was my real authentic self. Um, but at the same time, I don't think I was pushing any agenda. He, he was asking very straightforward questions and I gave him very straightforward, honest answers. Mm -hmm. I, I even told him things I'm struggling with, not yeah. you know, all the successes. And so I think one part is, and, it, and I never by any means ever went in and said, hey, I'd love to work with you or, or this or that. It was just, here's what I'm doing, here's what I've done. Um, and you know, here's where I'm struggling and where I'm looking to take this. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you all, I'm very introverted, I grew up shy, and I think as you get closer to finding your, your niche and your passion, the easier it is to start talking about the things you enjoy and the things you love. And when you are put on that spot where you have an opportunity to self-promote, uh, that you talk about what you know and, and just really be yourself. That's a good point. Yeah. Just being, being yourself, but still, you know, telling people what you want to tell them what you want yeah. to share about yourself, something that you're passionate about, something mm -hmm. that you care about. That's what you're able to talk about yeah. mostly. So yeah. um, I definitely agree with that. I know I'm kind of introverted so that when people ask me, you know, yeah. what do you like to do? The default is, you know, photography, design, um, <laughs> all that stuff. But I do like a whole range of things. It just kind of takes a little bit more pulling out of me to get that information. I also think trying to find ways to um, break the ice mm -hmm. or like almost break up the always on part yeah. because to go back to this experience yesterday, this is just one of a, of a few and I think hopefully listeners out there might have their own experience, but from the, we had about a five minute walk from the convention center over to, to lunch and obviously right out of the gate, he, we want to like both find out about each other. We were talking shop, we were talking mm -hmm. student affairs, what I was doing, et cetera. But um, I remember like when we got outside, um, his coworker Matt like made a joke, and we like we obviously stopped, and I waited. I waited to see who else was going to pick back up the conversation. We then got to the sandwich shop, and we were in Montreal, so everything was in French. <laughs> and I, you know, I tried to joke around like, "Oh, I had to Google the top ten French phrases," and then he's like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know French either." And we basically had this dialogue, which then in turn, you know, I was like, "Oh, you know, this is a great teaser for me because I'm going to France this summer." So like we we slowly started to move out of the professional talk and tried to build a bit more personal context. That's always good. Um, and so I think for me, that also felt put me at ease because I mentioned mm -hmm. I don't like talking about myself. Exactly. And so I think if you can find a way to like crack that and, and not have to always be on for that 30 minutes or that whole day or 24 seven. Yeah. Um, Cause it shows character. Agreed. It shows personality. 
And when you say like always on it, it feels like almost you have to have a script of sorts yeah. that you're reading from. Like yeah. I do this, I've worked here. Yeah. It's almost like reading mm -hmm. your resume mm -hmm. verbally. Um, mm -hmm. So a good icebreaker will definitely mix things up. And sometimes you want to catch someone off guard and get their real honest answers yeah. about things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I had a, a story about that, is that that kind of scripting that I was just mentioning, yeah. um, reasons why to avoid it. Um, I remember after I graduated high school and I went to college for maybe a year, a year and a half, came back on one of my breaks, met up with a friend. We were visiting our high school teachers just to say hi. We missed them, telling them, you know, what we'd been up to. And so, you know, our teachers would ask us, how have you been doing? And of course my answer was like, oh, I've been doing really well. I've been enjoying college. Like I'm pretty happy. Like I've been doing some design, like really, you know, coming into my own. Mm -hmm. And um, my friend who I was with, she would recite almost word wow. for word the same script to each teacher. We would go door to door and it would just be like, oh, I went here and I did this and I've won this award <laughs> and then I presented in this conference. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of like a laundry list that they were just ticking off all the things. And for me, that felt really fake yeah. and really not genuine. So I, I always try to avoid that because I don't want to seem like a robot yeah. that's scripted saying, you know, listing off all yeah. of my achievements because I'm a little bit more humble, a little bit sure. self-conscious. I don't like to self-promote in that way. So that actually leads me into another topic that we're going to discuss, um, the fine line between self-promotion and being humble. Sure. So like, how do you promote yourself? Because that's something obviously in business and entrepreneurship you have to do. Yeah. You have to advocate for yourself. Where's the line between, you know, sounding yeah. modest but still sure. confident? So I think the first thing I want to hit on is uh, Hannah was telling me this story a little bit earlier. She, she didn't unpack it as much as that. But what I would actually say to that experience and to, to, your, to your friend um, that you were with um, you know, she was probably delivering that sentence to five new people, right? Mm -hmm. But she had you in her company. Exactly. And it could be you, it could be your mom, it could be a coworker, it could be somebody else. And it's just because I heard it. Yeah. And so being at a conference, I spent four days uh, and there were a lot of people I were around often. There were new people I met. Mm -hmm. And lately, it, because everybody is curious, like, Kev, what are you up to? Kev, what are you doing? Or Kev, you should tell this person what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which is super, super nice, super grateful for that. But I'm very, I'm probably more conscious of who around me is knows, has yeah. heard that story, because I think that's what kind of builds up like, oh, that purpose is pompous, that purpose is, is arrogant. And mm -hmm. I've been, I've become very aware of who has list, who set through this already. Yeah. And I remember um, Frank and Matt's coworker, Sarah, uh, that I just mentioned, she kind of heard a similar version of this the night before when we were all out. And I knew, I, she was, I, I felt like she was a little disengaged and I knew that was okay. And I even like turned around, I was like, thank you so much for indulging that. Yeah. And I, and I, and I was joking with Frank, I'm like, Frank, you're putting me on the spot. They already know what's happening. Yeah. And again, maybe that's the charisma personality, but like I, I called it what it was. Mm -hmm. And then I immediately actually, um, I remember that she sent me a lot of uh, very interesting YouTube channels to check out. Um, cause we were talking about that and I like then like asked her a question because I think I'm the type that wants everybody to feel inclusive and, and part of the conversation. Oh yeah. You don't want to like so, lecture. So I think from a self promotion standpoint, the first piece, I, I would be very self aware who, who has heard this, who hasn't, 
how can I mix it up? Mm -hmm. I mean, think of like a comedian or an actor. Like they change yeah. up their routine. Yeah, they have the same jokes, but they have yeah. to deliver them. Say it differently, uh, dodge it, or, or, or find a way to circle back. Um, or maybe then put it on them, or like maybe give a very short answer and be like, well, what are you up to? Mm -hmm. And then find maybe a way if you want to work it in. But uh, I think the second thing is, is let it be natural. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I, I heard was, uh, I, I'm a big listener of the Tim Ferriss podcast. And he mentioned when his first book came out, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, he was really a, a kind of a no-name before that. And this was his first book about 2010 or 11, put him on the map. And what he did is he actually went to South by Southwest, which is, if anybody doesn't know, it's a big tech conference in Austin, Texas, actually happening right around now in March. And he basically just attended a lot of tech events that he had no idea what people were talking about, like, you know, uh, developing, engineer, uh, coding. Sounds like if I went to a tech conference. Yeah, I think he, a lot of us. And if we, like our friends at Pivotal Lab, like if we went to talk shop with them, we'd be lost. Yeah. And what he actually did, and this is the best tip I, I remember, is he didn't bring, he might have brought a few copies of his books, but instead of like emailing all the bloggers and important people there, he actually went to like the hotel bars and some of the receptions and was a fly on the wall. And he didn't really know anybody, he would just kind of chime in and he would wait for somebody to get a drink and be like, hey, uh, my name's Tim, I'm new here, like do you mind if I join your group? And then he would, he would listen and then when he, people would talk about things out of, out of sight of his scope, he'd be like, he would kind of make fun of himself. He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I studied this. I really don't know what you're talking about. Do you mind explaining it to me, right? Mm -hmm. They would explain it and then they'd be like, well, what do you do, Tim? And so he just had this new book. Instead of giving a, you know, a five minute rant of, oh, I had this new book, da 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 da, he would just be like, oh, um, I'm a new author and I, I uh, just self published a book or whatever. Like very candidly, he didn't yeah. say what it was about. And then people would be like, okay, well, is well, it fiction or nonfiction? Yeah, exactly. Or tell us more. And so I think almost uh, it's that like fishing mentality of like throw the cast and kind of slowly like see how far they want to go with the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I think being aware of, of who's around you and who, who's heard it, mixing up your routine, being supernatural, uh, giving very being candid. Supernatural. Uh, <laughs> being natural, not supernatural. Superpowers. <laughs> good, good call, out, Hannah. Um, so being natural and then slowly micro-contenting your information out, um, I think would be a very, yeah. very wise tip. And let them prod you for more. If they're engaged, they're going to ask you more. Exactly. And they'll, they'll ask what they want to hear so that you're not just rambling on things that they don't care about. So that, that makes it more of a conversation yeah. than a lecture. And, and I think just the last thing is like... Don't go in for any type of clothes. Like, like the, the biggest thing I've seen people doing and that I would offer is like, just leave them with your business card. Be like, oh, so great to talk to you. If I can ever help you in the future, fine. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that go in for like the 19-year-old dude move of like, like almost, will you go out with me? Like, you know, will you, like, will you do business with me? Or can I give you a proposal? Or how can I like, yeah. just be like, hey, I'm Kevin. Like, it was a pleasure meeting you. Maybe you don't even give a business card. Yeah. Maybe you let serendipity happen where maybe you meet somebody else that knows that person. Or they, they decide to contact mm -hmm. you. I think it's over-indexing on that over and over and over again. Yeah, so you want to keep it organic and keep it personal and not yeah. make it feel like every, not every encounter is a business opportunity. No. It's just a opportunity to interact with other people who may or may not like yeah. the same things and need your help on certain things. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what we talked about in the last episode. So we were talking about ways to put yourself out there and one of the ways was, you know, go to an event. Mm -hmm. So going to an event 
it is a business opportunity in a sense, but yeah. it, it's also an opportunity to have fun, meet new people. And sometimes you meet someone who doesn't need your help, but they know someone who needs your help yeah. or vice versa. They know someone who needs, you know, your services. So, um, yeah, so every opportunity can be, but doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be. And that's why yeah. it should always be kind of natural and organic. And, and I think to make it even more realistic, um, like I know you use the word services and I know that's mm-hmm. kind of our scope, uh, owning own business, but it also, you could or could not be job searching mm-hmm. or you may not be job searching, but you never know who you may stumble upon to and who you're going to talk to that they might want to contact you later down the road and there's an opportunity within their organization or maybe you are job searching. I think you just have to trust um, the more you over index and meet people, the better the chance that, you know, if you meet a hundred people, five or 10% will actually, you'll build a relationship with. And out of that four or five people mm-hmm. will connect you with who you need to talk to. Yeah. So I think so many people are like, Oh, well, I went to a networking event. I talked to three people. No, like you gotta <laughs> kind of keep doing that. Yeah. It's kind of a pattern that you have to, yeah. to maintain yeah. to the point where, I mean, even if you're at the grocery store and you run into someone, you know, you don't always have to, you know, propose business or whatever, but you can have that in mind that that can be a connection in the future, you know, down the road somewhere. So, yeah. What else do we have in our notes? I know, I know we had some, I know we had a Twitter question. I can look it up on my phone real quick, but I want to see what else we have in our notes that we can make sure we get across in this episode. Yes. Well, one thing that I didn't necessarily put in the notes, but I'm curious about. Um, so an interview and a resume, those kind of usually go hand in hand. You yeah, come right. to an interview with a resume. Um, but I know that a lot of people fluff their resumes and they kind of, you yes. know, yeah, we did talk they, about they edge around the truth a little bit. So I think that um, it's important to note that in an interview, be it, formal or non-formal, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of get to know someone more than what they, you know, would put on paper. Sure. So I think that's a good way of getting to know someone a little bit better. Um, have you had experience with people who, you know, talk a lot of talk and then when you get down to it, they're not yeah, all and, they claim and to be? Yeah, so I think it's a very, Hannah and I were talking about this and I'm so glad we didn't forget this part. Yeah, I didn't um, even put it because in Because I think you, it was you and your boyfriend were talking about this, right? Yeah. Because um, he's looking at resumes and you know, yeah, he's it's, doing like, a it's lot like of almost something you do. So listen, I think there's uh, times that you need to showcase who you are. I think, yes, over embellishing uh, is happens on resumes, but I also believe resumes are a dying thing. Mm-hmm. But, but let's be honest, what you just said, like have they performed the way they said they were going to perform? And... I remember the story I just shared with you is uh, when I took my first entry-level job out, out of uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, I was like 23, 24 years old, and I had to hire you know, 12 student workers. And so in, in essence, I was recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done it ever since. And now hiring like, people like you and Dan and other interns we've had since this past summer of 2015, uh, I really don't know what I'm gonna get. And like we were to kind of full circle this back to uh, Frank Shushak from Virginia Tech, he's a talent scout and likes to have people, you know, help people find their strengths and perform to build a powerful team. What I have kind of seen is a best practice. And so maybe you're on the hiring side or you're going through an interview mm-hmm. and this might even be a good practice to do in an interview. I like to see like something, I like to find out if they're ambitious, enthusiastic and can do the work. Mm-hmm. And so what, it, so you, how did you apply? How did you come across a job? We can even talk about 
how I've interviewed for people lately, but how yeah, did you so, come across the job? What was the process? I like? mean, this was my most recent interview experience, yeah. um, and it happened last last year in December, yeah. 2015. Um, so of course I I like did the online thing, sent my resume, filled out. I think you had a questionnaire that I filled out a little bit. With, a and, form. And was it different? Stuff. Like it wasn't your typical stock. Yeah, questions, it, right? it wasn't because I mean for. A lot of job interviews are um, applications. You kind of just send the resume, yeah. send a cover letter, and that's it. Um, so I found it interesting that you had a questionnaire that allowed you to type answers. It wasn't, you know, select out of this list what you're interested in. It was, you know, you got to see my writing style a little bit. I got to tell you what I wanted. Yeah. Um, there's no character limit, so sure. I could just tell you what I wanted. Um, so that was a different, already a different application mm -hmm. process. And then... Good. So I'm, I'm curious, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in, intrigued from your side, and I have a point to this, what your judgment was of us mm -hmm. to, before you even like hit the send button, send button, or before you even got called for an interview. Well, my first impression was that it was fun, you know, it was, mm -hmm. it felt like, I mean, yeah, I just got to tell you a little bit about myself. Yeah. It wasn't intimidating. It was just... I felt like I could probably do no harm just telling you yeah. about myself. And it was a little bit different, right? And it was different. And it wasn't so, like, it felt like I was in a forum, a safe space kind of where yeah. I could say what I wanted yeah. to. Like, I remember I was answering one of the questions and it was, um, like, who would you bring with you or who would you ask for help? Like on a desert island or something, right? Something like that. Yeah. And um, I know my answer was my boyfriend because he and I are extremely different. Yeah. So he kind of supplements my... Um, my like weaknesses in sure. certain ways and I think my strengths supplement his weaknesses mm -hmm. um, so I, I remember answering that and then thinking to myself like is that appropriate <laughs> should I say that yeah. and then I just went ahead and hit send because I was like mm -hmm. you know what they're gonna take me for what I am and that's that's my answer that was that's the good. first thing that came to mind and that's what I'm gonna do cool so my point to this on the recruiting side and on the job search side right is if you, especially if you look at uh, startups or any um, company that is in some type of um, up and coming environment, the New York City's, the San Francisco's, the Denver's, Denver, Colorado, um, you should start, just like they're gonna judge you, you should start judging them mm -hmm. from the minute you come across their, their resume. Yes. Or, or their job description, and I was very, specific on what I'm doing now in the niche and how I hire interns and part-time staff because I was very particular when I was working at Rutgers Recreation mm -hmm. even for our student marketing team because guess what if I didn't get a chance to even interview or meet you um, or we, we did interview we didn't offer it to you um, you potentially could somewhere down the road become an advocate or we could potentially work together down like it's it's marketing on the company's end mm -hmm. but on, on the person job searching you should be judging them and be like Wow, that was a really cool process. Yeah, I could really see myself working there, or being like, "Ugh, this is a very stodgy, typical process." It's yeah. probably going to be be a very typical, very typical um, interview process and company yeah. I work for. That actually reminds me of um, when I was applying to colleges, which now it feels like yeah. it was ages ago. Um, but you know, there's always the Common App, so yeah. a lot of schools use that, and it's kind of just formulaic, yeah. you know, you put in your answers, you put in your essays, yeah. and then it's done. Um, the college that I ended up choosing had a very different application, so that was definitely, it influenced me, uh, because it was, it was a little bit shorter, it wasn't, yeah. you know, the generic questions, and it 
let you express yourself in a different way. So maybe that's something that appeals to me because that's what got me here. Yeah, and that helps uh, employers and people recruiting find the right candidate. So let's quickly go, so you basically, you obviously interviewed, you came in for an interview. Yes, came in, I think I was wearing this exact outfit. (laughs) And then what did, um, obviously went through the whole process, you met Emily, but what, what was something that we did that um, we asked you to do next before we even considered you um, for a second round interview or anything? Yeah, well, I remember I left the interview and I was so excited. I really wanted to work with you guys. It, it sounded like it was my niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next thing I knew, I was getting a call from you or an email, whatever mm-hmm. it was, and you asked me to make some content, which um, it was to promote the Udemy course, which is now which is now live. Now yeah. live, so yeah. You so already so, had your hand in that. Yeah. yeah. So that was really exciting for me. I remember feeling. Like I was already being appreciated um, that and it was a test of sorts, but it didn't feel intimidating. It felt like it was me getting to stretch my wings and show you exactly what I could do. And while that was a little bit intimidating, I still was able to create something that I felt proud of um, and I was able to send it off to you and, you know, didn't feel like constrained on time. You didn't give me a deadline. You just kind of said, like, show us what you can do. I was able to send it to you, felt good about what I sent Mm -hmm. and I guess you guys like it. So, again, for anybody in any type of leadership or recruiting position, I'd be actually intrigued to have a conversation. Whether you know we are obviously in a creative startup environment, but whether you're in the nonprofit sector or a higher education institution, I really think there should be some type of project that brings out the skills, but also the biggest thing I was looking for. Uh, I was impressed by the graphic design. The biggest thing I was looking for is what you just said is I gave um, very um, high level details. Mm -hmm. I didn't really give you a deadline and that was all intentional because I wanted to see how ambitious um, our candidates were. I wanted to see how fast they could work and how they could work. I think you you definitely, and I said like email me with any questions. You did email me with like one or two questions, Mm -hmm. Um, but that then starts to go back to what you and your boyfriend were talking about is like it takes out of well, are they just showing me somebody else's portfolio or are they are they fluffing their resume yeah at least and it gives a sense and i know that's true um, my mom's an architect and she was hiring um people to be a part of her firm so she was finally in charge she was the boss so she was looking to recruit and um someone came in with a portfolio it was really impressive she was kind of blown away she said this is definitely someone we want to take on um and then maybe a week or two later, someone else came in and showed the exact same work. And she was like, mm. well, something's got to give. Yeah, you can't both yeah. be responsible for this, this wow. great work. And so she, um, it got down to a point where one of them had to actually bring in like some, some proof. Like yeah, it, it was kind of like a court trial. They had, the, yeah. they had to bring in the evidence. Someone had to bring in, you know, like a newspaper clipping wow. that had like, you know, work done by, you know, something that was published yeah. and verified because this other person had taken their work and claimed it as their own. Hmm. And that does happen. And in a portfolio, it seems a little bit stupid to me because if you show work and then you can't perform to that yeah. level, I mean, it's kind of obvious that it's not yours. Yeah. So it's very I obvious. think that it's a good application process to ask yeah. for someone to do work, even if it's not yeah. something you're ever going to use just to give them a little test. Yeah. And I would challenge anybody out there to figure out how to, wait to do that in your industry or your, or your your uh, yeah. organization. That could be a fun challenge. I mean, if you're not in the creatives, yeah. you know, what's yeah. a good test that's not going to intimidate someone, but let them show their strengths. Yeah. So uh, we're going to wrap up with one last question because we love hearing from our community. Um, this is actually from our editor in chief, Mandy Stewart out in Chicago. 
So she wanted to know how to answer the tell me about yourself question in a way that's fun, authentic, informative, awesome, engaging, and professional. And um, wow. I think probably we alluded a little bit to that um, when well, you were talking about your friend about the self-promotion yeah. side. But I think uh, first judge your environment, right? So if you are with um, a high-level director or um, somebody that's potentially going to be your boss and they are giving off some type of stiff or corporate or very professional vibe – then the what you know what Manny said that awesome, fun, engaging, authentic answer you might have to polish a little bit. Yeah. If you're with somebody that feels a little bit more that you're connecting with, seems a little bit more at ease, a little bit more personable, and maybe they, I think if they share something with you, I think you can give that more engaging, authentic, awesome answer. Mm-hmm. But really, um, what I've told people, and again, what I say is not the gospel. It's kind of what works for you, and there's plenty of other resources and Definitely. tips out there, but. What I've always tried to do is is really have two to three or four different stock answers, and that could be a one sentence, a two sentence, a three sentence answer. Um, one, because you never know who's going to be in another interview. If you say you got to go through a day long interview, um, they might have heard that spiel. You want to keep your routine fresh, which we talked about earlier in the podcast. But have you know that ten second spot, the elevator pitch, the the more the one minute answer. And then if they are intrigued or they want to find more about you, you got to have that five-minute that five minute answer where you have uh, maybe four or five bullet points of experience you have and, and you know, what, does, what does make you up. Are you um, a nonprofit leader or are you a great grant proposal writer? Or are you a creative director? Mm-hmm. I think you need to find what those key words are for you. And so if someone has asked me and, and Mandy and anybody out there, like, I would actually throw it back on them. I would almost be like, well, that's a loaded question. And lately I've been saying that. I think I was in our latest podcast. Yeah, I think I quoted you on that one. So it, because it is. And that always might spark them. Like, what does that mean, right? Yeah. Um, and so for some of you out there, maybe try to have something that's a little creative that mm-hmm. might then spark them even more. And I think you would stand out. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to say, oh, it's a loaded question, but have something. Be like, be like wow, you know, I've never thought of that. Or, um, or throw it back on yeah, them. Ask or, them yeah. something. Yeah. Like give a short answer. Like, well, you know, how do you know? Yeah, I think it's all relative to judging the room and judging the yeah. interview that you're in. So that is a good point. Judging the room, you can't exactly deliver a speech yeah. on deaf ears. Yeah. So that's a great point. Yes, um, and I actually had one more question for you. It's okay. kind of a fun question. This is just something like a. Well, I know about this question. What is you don't? Okay, it's cool. it's just for fun. So um, say you're in an interview and you could only ask one single question to kind of get a whole feel about the person you're interviewing and so I know a lot of people their go-to would be like oh so what kind of music do you like or you know like what's your favorite movie because they think that says everything about a personality but what is the one question that you would ask if you had to ask only one anybody that works with me at Rutgers knows I loved asking this question on the interviewing side Uh, but also I think you could ask this as the interviewee so I'm going to give you a personal one and a professional one so The pers- uh, personal one that I think is hilarious um, is what is your superpower? Okay. So I think that would be a really... That is quite telling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what is your superpower? And I think from a professional side, if you're the interviewee and you have to ask, oh, is it, you know, it's time for questions, Anna. What do you want to ask? They always ask that. And so I actually heard someone say this this weekend at, at ACPA. They were in the Career Institute giving feedback to graduate students. But uh, it's it, there's several different semantics to it. But... I think this says a lot to the character of the team and the leader is 
what is one recent success or win you or your organization had? But more importantly, um, what has that, how have you celebrated that success? Hmm. And if they don't really give an answer that doesn't show that maybe, maybe they take all the credit or they're the type of leader, well, it was Hannah, it was Matt, it was, you know, and that might show that they're a relational leader and they're, they, they spread the wealth. Yep. And, and or if they're like, well, if they don't have a way they kind of celebrated it, then it's like, well, is this just a place that grinds you out? Do they yeah. care? Um, and that so, kind of seems like almost like if you were to accept an Oscar and give a speech, like, yeah. who do you think? Yeah. Would it be like, yeah, this is awesome. I <laughs> yeah. just got my first Oscar. Yeah. Great. Or would it be like, I give thanks to this person, this person, until yep. they cut yep. you off because you ran yep. out of time. <laughs> and Yeah, and, and how you celebrate it. How's the team celebrate yeah. it? Because you can't just keep working, working, working. you got to find ways to enjoy what's happening. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely tells a lot about yeah. someone. So, I'm actually curious, what question, what's the craziest interview question you have been asked? Hmm. Um, or to go back to Hannah's point, what would be a question you would ask in an interview? Yeah. So craziest interview question that you would I love was thinking of that earlier too, because this I think that in my experience, I've only had the very generic ones. So yeah. like, yeah, what was the most fun or most intriguing question? Yeah. yeah. And let us know, this podcast, probably about 30 to 40 minutes, depending on how Dan cuts it up. Let us know. I know we've had feedback that the 15 to 20 minute window is awesome because it's perfect for a bike ride, a run, or a commute. Uh, I know we had a lot to say in this episode, and I think it's actually really good, but let us know. Do you like it to be a little bit shorter, a little bit longer? And, um, but more importantly, what is the craziest interview question you ever had? Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. I want to hear these answers. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week with another edition of the Niche Movement Podcast. Take care. Bye.